all the feels on this one. Because that's what the science says. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm all about loving the skin you're in and being healthy inside and out. Let's talk about what this looks like in real life. Facts do not have opinions. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of thepaleomom.com. I believe that scientific literacy is the key to improving public health. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Science is true whether or not you believe in it. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View, episode 491. I love our topic this week. It's an opposite day for Sarah, and I get to take the lead on answering your frequently asked questions about skincare. So thank you to all of you who have been submitting amazing questions. I'm going to try to get through them all. Um, Let's see how rapid fire we can be today, because I have eight pages of notes. I can't tell you how much I am grinning right now over opposite day, because A, I'm like just super excited for this information. I always learn so much from you, Stacey, because I I love that you get to flex your knowledge on skincare because it's so in-depth and I love just getting to like nerd out and learn. So this is obviously really fun for me. Um, but I also am just, I'm like really excited about getting to getting to take a a different role today and (laughs) ask questions. It's a much easier role. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, it's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Before we jump in, I do want to remind listeners that it's always a great time to ask your representatives to support legislation, making personal care safer for all. So you're going to hear me talk about things. And if you're like, (gasps) what, then what you can do is text either or both ban PFAS and or better beauty to 52886 if you're in the US or 70734 if you're in Canada and you'll be sent a link and you can click it and fill out the form that will be done for you. It'll take two minutes, I promise. Um, And I also want to say that I myself am working towards earning a seat at the table with our CEO and top legislatures for a trip to DC later this year. This is hugely important to me. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Sarah knows what a geek I am about the mission of working towards and helping health protective laws for everybody. So if you're considering switching to Safer, I'd love to help you find the right makeup or anything else for you or your loved ones. And you'll be helping me advocate on behalf of us all by helping me get closer to earning that seat at the table of the trip. So you can shop with Stacey Toth in either January or February to help that happen um, and use code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off if you have never purchased Beauty Counter before. But we're going to talk a lot more than just Beauty Counter. We have a lot to cover and I know our family uses more than one product. I know Sarah's family uses more than one brand of products as well. So um, we're going to get on it because there's a lot to cover. You ready, Sarah? I am. I am going to uh, play audience proxy today and read out some of the amazing questions that were compiled um, both from questions submitted to the podcast, but also social media. So um, just basically representing some of these very common questions. The first question is, I want to switch to non-toxic personal care, but it's out of my budget. What are your recommendations? So for me, I 
recommend and what we did first is switch the things with the highest impact. So I recommend that everybody scan everything that you own using the EWG Skin Deep database. It's an app that is free um, and you can scan a barcode on things that you own and figure out what is rated the highest, meaning the worst in the red category, 8, 9, 10. Or things that are um, green or yellow could be things that you can say, okay, I'm going to keep using these and wait. Um, I recommend replacing those most dangerous things, especially if they are sprays or powders because you breathe them in, which has a higher absorption to contaminants like PFAS or heavy metals and also things that you use most often on the largest parts of your body. So think body lotion, um, if you're using a daily SPF, different things like that, that you're going to be getting the biggest um, hit to your system because you're using it every day. And then the third thing, it's the simplest thing to do, is when you're at a store and you're choosing products, choose the unscented versions. Those are almost always cleaner for the same price. Um, and they'll be fragrance-free, which we're going to talk about <laughs> a little bit. That's a common question as well. Uh, but usually those formulas are reduced chemicals simply because they know people with sensitive skin are trying to purchase them. So um they're almost always a safer version. Um, also ways to save. I personally do one-on-one -on -one consults. And one of the first things that I ask people is what your budget is. And I love helping people find deals and products, even if it's not shopping with me. In fact, I created a natural or not target clean product guide, which is perfect to find affordable, accessible options. And in fact, native is already on it, which you'll hear us talk about in a bit. Um, so you can find that at realeverything.com slash target. And um, there's like a printable guide you can even take to target. I think I did that last year. So there might even be more options there, but there's tons of choice on that printable form for you. I had no idea. Uh, what a fantastic resource. Yes, I know. I like it. <laughs> it took me a really long time. And I literally went up and down the aisles of everything taking oh photos on the website. It's a really comprehensive resource. Um, and it's both on the blog. And then there's like a printable thing that people can take just to help them remember when they're there because there's a lot to keep track of when you're first getting started. So well, especially a, a store like Target, you can sort of be spoiled for choice. And there's yeah. so much that thinking about going through and reading every single label is is very overwhelming. So having a guide like that, I'm going to restate the, the URL for that <laughs> real everything.com slash Target. I um, that is such an amazing resource that I didn't know you had created. So I'm just, I'm just making sure all of our listeners, realeverything.com slash target. Thank you. I'm, I'm working on a cleaning product one for this year as well. So that's oh, a personal cool. care product one. But I think one of the problems is, is brands, for example, like seventh generation, because I'm working on the cleaning product one, um, can have fantastic products. They're a B Corp and you can find unscented product. But if you just tell yourself like, oh, okay, I can get anything seventh generation. Like there are some products that are going to be in the yellow. I don't think they have anything in the red category, but you know, that are going to contain fragrance and things like that. So it's, it makes it really difficult to figure out because you're like, well, is this one, one of the ones Stacy said, or is this one not? So that's why I created the guide, the printable, blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
Ready to move on? I'm, I'm yes. supposed to be rapid fire. Rapid, you sorry. Can, I will, you can I'm, tell this is not, <laughs> not, not rapid doing fire. my job of maintaining the rapid fire. <laughs> I will I will step it up. All right. Second question. What's the difference between cleansing oil and cleansing balm? I love this question. And I'm going to take the opportunity to take it one step further and talk about all of the various wash options because I get this question all the time. Um, What they do, why, and whom are they best for? And I'm also going to talk about double washing a little bit because I get that question a lot and it's something I do. I'm not telling everybody you need to wash your face twice. It's just for people who have skin issues that you're trying to work through. You might hear me mention it or recommend it, and now you know what it means and why. So cleansing oil is literally an oil um, that you you put in your your hand, and it would feel like an oil. Um, And anyone with dry skin is going to love this option. It's fantastic at removing oil since oil breaks down even the most stubborn eye makeup. Almost all eye makeup removers have some element of oil in them. And the one that I use, I apply directly to my dry skin and I massage it in. It feels really good and it's hydrating. Um, It has anti-aging benefits. Then once it's massaged in well, I will splash water on my face and most of them will soap or milk up at this point. Like it'll feel a little like a cleanser would feel, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And, um, then you're able to kind of wash your face um, and then clear it off of water. So the added benefit of that cleansing oil is that it supports the moisture barrier of your skin, which really needs lipids. Um, Plus, as I said, has anti-aging benefits. Um, This is one of my most recommended products that I tell people, and I've seen great results from people using it. Uh, People are usually hesitant because it's unfamiliar, right? It's like learning a new thing. But Sarah, we talked about the importance of lipids for the moisture barrier on this on your skin in our dry winter skin episode I think it was last year Um, and it just kind of re-emphasized for me like how important this is and ever since I've been really kind of pushing people into this and seeing great results from it. So what's the difference between a cleansing oil and a cleansing balm? A cleansing balm is something I recommend for people looking for a multi-purpose skincare item. Um, Unlike cleansing oil, which really serves the exact purpose that I just spoke to, cleansing balm can also act like a petroleum jelly type product and can also be an overnight hydrating mask. It has the texture of like coconut oil in the winter. And it's um, something you can... Leave on your skin, but it's going to feel less greasy than coconut oil, but it is going to leave like a balm feeling. It will sit on your skin versus kind of being absorbed into the skin fully. Proper balms that I like will use jojoba oil. Um, It's my favorite preference for skin friendly to help it melt in a little bit. Um, But it will still have that feeling, which is why it's great for an overnight mask or to put on like dry spots. I use it like on the kids when they get dry skin around their mouth in the wintertime. Um, but if you're using it like a wash or a makeup remover, you just rub it into your skin um, dry. And then to kind of quote unquote wash, you would use an exfoliating wet microfiber cloth to remove it but also kind of move it around the skin as you're taking it off and that will be your wash 
a lot of people use it to remove makeup and then use something else to wash their skin. But if you have really dry, sensitive skin, like I have clients that have rosacea who really like a cleansing balm because it's non-irritating and leaves a little bit of hydration once you've removed it because it's still like sitting on the skin. So uh, it can be used so many different ways, but they really, although they both are an oil type product, they behave differently. But some of the other washes that are worth mentioning when we're talking about it, because we got questions a lot. Um, when I refer to a wash or a bar, or you might hear something called a foaming wash, that would be a product that bubbles up. And this is where you'd find ingredients that we really want to avoid. Surfactants like SLS and sulfates are things that you would commonly find in kind of a bubbling up wash. And you can find a wash without those ingredients, but definitely be on the lookout in um, like the ingredients that you're looking at because they're very common in washes. And most of the people who have been using a wash their whole life identify that like this is the feeling, the type of product that they like because their their skin feels kind of clean after. And we've talked before about how <laughs> you don't want your skin to feel dry after. That doesn't mean that it's like any more clean than something that isn't. And so you want to make sure that you use Using a, a product that isn't kind of drying you out. But if you love um, kind of a bubbling up wash, I just want you to be aware of that. I personally use a bar in the shower, but I don't use a wash, a bubble, a foaming wash um, any other time. What I use um, as my double wash after I use a cleansing oil to remove my makeup, I use an exfoliating wash because I'm acne prone. And that is going to help with... Um, People who are acne prone or who have large pores or who have thick or dry flaky skin or something like um, Claire, uh, Kateris, <laughs> I can never say KP, Pilaris on their, um, on your body, you would want to use an exfoliator on your body like we talked about, right? So an exfoliating wash helps to move the irritant and the grime from the surface that will get stuck in your pores. And it helps to kind of remove that top dry dead layer of skin so that the products that you're using after can be more easily absorbed. So for those with sensitive or dry skin irritation, a double wash is something that I usually end up recommending because you're first going to move the dry flaky skin out of the pores and then you're also going to get the benefits of the lipid um, helping the moisture barrier from the cleansing oil. You do not, no matter what kind of skin you have, want an abrasive exfoliant. Your skin does not need to be hurting or feeling stripped after in order to be clean. That means that you've probably damaged the skin in some sort of way and that either the pH is unbalanced or the skin barrier is compromised and neither of those are a good thing. It might feel like you're more clean, but it's not actually a good thing for your skin. Um, and the, the other kind of product that you might sometimes hear about is a cleanser. Um, and this is something that I really don't often recommend. It would only be um, something for someone who has like severely sensitive skin or maybe is just learning how to use products and you don't want them to have something that's going to kind of bubble up and maybe get in their eyes or irritate them. So a cleanser is like a thicker consistency, a lotion-like soap, if you will. And um, it's honestly like the least effective kind of way to wash because you're not getting the bubbles, you're not getting exfoliation, and you're not getting the benefits of lipids. Um, so I personally don't recommend it, but I do have a lot of people who have very sensitive skin who prefer a cleanser um, and 
yeah, I don't know what else to say other than like it's not my favorite. <laughs> but some people love it. I don't think it. I've ever thought about the difference between a cleanser and a wash before. Like it's I'm I'm just sitting here going is it I making sense to you the way I described yeah, it though? It, yeah. it makes makes complete sense, but I don't think I ever really thought of them as two different products, but now that you mentioned that, I'm I'm thinking about the products that I've used in the past that would have qualified as a wash versus the products I've used in the past that would have qualified as a cleanser. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I've never liked cleansers. Like yeah. I've never, it's never felt Not like a big it's fan. doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you've had that experience. Um, I will say Beauty Counter has a set right now. It's, it's, a limited edition it'll be gone in the future but um if you're interested in trying like four different ones out they're like it's a mini set that they created so that people could experiment with them all to see what works for you it's called the clean sweep minis um but I mean you heard me just recommend <laughs> the ones that I think would apply to whom but if you're like I have no idea this is all just new to me then maybe that would be helpful for you um But please just don't forget to do a full skincare treatment after. It's so important, especially if you're using a wash, like a foaming um, treatment, to tone, treat, and protect after. If you're using something like a balm or a cleansing oil, it's not stripping your skin of oils as much as like a wash or a cleanser would. So it's, I'm still going to tell you that you need a skincare routine, but it's less important than if you're literally washing the oils away from your skin that are protecting it for you. So... All right, Sarah. Time time to time to keep going. All right. Uh, the next question is, I am trying to take better care of my skin and keep coming across phytic acid. I know I'm following Sarah that phytic acid can reduce absorption of good nutrients. Should I be concerned when I put it on my face? I think this is a really great question because it gets to one that we hear often about, well, I don't eat that product is it okay to put on my skin? I hear that often about, for example, different kinds of oils or, you know, stuff like that. We covered on a previous show also about products that might be like fermented wheat and how that would act differently on the skin than if you were eating it. So I think what's interesting about phytic acid, and I know, Sarah, you've got a lot of input that you'll give on the science of this, but I want to just say from like a skincare perspective, it has been studied as a really well-tolerated and effective treatment for addressing hyperpigmentation, which is UV damage, and increasing overall skin luminosity. So that means like brightness or skin tone evening which is why it's often included in skincare. Phytic acid um, can come from a variety of sources and it's a unique natural substance found in plant seeds. So when we're referencing it as having a potential anti-nutrient effect, which I know Sarah, you'll get into, um, that is specific to digestion. There are very few products that we apply topically for absorption um, that will, will be absorbed. And specifically when we talk about the benefits of those, um, we're talking about vitamin C, which we've covered on the show before. Um, we've also talked about magnesium as being uh, readily absorbed through the skin and um, synthesizing vitamin D through our skin, like through sunlight is another one that we've covered. But beyond that, we really aren't putting skincare on for like the nutrient dense vitamins and minerals you might be absorbing, it's more skin foods that we're putting on topically. So our skin needs different things than our internal organs would need. And they're not absorbed the same way 
of digestion, those organ systems are completely different. So in order for it to be absorbed through the skin, it would need to pass through seven cell layers of the epidermis. And before entering the epidermis, um, you'd need to have some sort of like break in your barrier dependent on the molecule size of the thing that you're putting on your skin. And only then would it enter your bloodstream or your lymph system and circulate to other areas of your body. So it, again, it's it's not going to your digestive system. It's going either into your blood or your lymph system. And so we would be looking at our lymphatic system or our kidneys to detoxify anything that um, may be needed, which may, again, would pass through those seven, seven layers of the epidermis. And this is where something like a contaminant becomes a potential toxin for us because while phytic acid is not a problem and is safe for topical use, it's a green chemical in EWG, um, something like benzene is not going to qualify that same way. <laughs> that's yeah. a carcinogen. So the goal with good skincare is to find something that supports the skin barrier so that your skin is less likely to absorb. Um, and we did talk about the detailed science of that in episode 431. But I, Sarah, I think it would be helpful if you maybe provided a little input into like the, the gut versus the skin perspective. Like, I know the skin, you know the gut. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, as you said, what we apply topically to nourish the skin is a very different thing than what we consume in order to nourish the whole body. And phytic acid is considered an anti-nutrient because it binds with minerals, um, especially iron, zinc, and calcium, to make phytate, which is the salt of phytic acid, and it makes those minerals much harder to absorb. That's not as big an issue, though, is the fact that phytates actually limit the activity of a variety of digestive enzymes. So when we consume phytates in large quantities, it's not just that it's it's binding up minerals so we can't access those minerals from the foods. It's actually inhibiting um, digestive enzymes in general. So it inhibits proteases, especially trypsin and pepsin, as well as amylase and glucosidase. So those help digest um, sugars. And so that means that anything that's inhibiting um, digestive enzymes, it tends to cause the overproduction of digestive enzymes, which can then irritate the gut barrier. That can ultimately, when consumed in large quantities, increase intestinal permeability. And also um, when you're hindering digestion that way you can end up influencing what bacterial species are growing and that can sometimes cause gut dysbiosis but with phytates like that sounds all really scary but it really is the dose makes the poison and and this is common for a lot of food substances that are sort of um periodically sort of hit the the zeitgeist as, as something demonized that, can I yeah, say yeah I mean I would say oxalates fall under this category as well right there's a lot of these types of food compounds that in normal quantities when we're just eating a lot of vegetables our gut bacteria are able to process and degrade this is definitely true with phytates as well as oxalates salicylates right there's lots of these types of compounds that we can get uh overly scared of based on some of the articles that can be trending on the internet or videos or whatever, um, that the science doesn't actually support 
eliminating from the diet, just moderating. And typically the way you moderate these is by consuming a whole foods diet that's rich in vegetables. So our gut bacteria actually can process quite a large amount of phytates. So the amount found in vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, um, some, you know, legumes or whole grains, if they're, especially if they're being uh, traditionally processed, so soaked, sprouted, fermented prior to cooking, that reduces the amount of phytates in there. That is an amount that our gut bacteria are quite capable of degrading for us that liberates the minerals from um, the phytates so that we can absorb those minerals and then the phytic acid is degraded by our gut bacteria. So how much is an issue for a specific person is really related to the health of the gut microbiome. But of course, the foods that I just said are all foods that are really good for a gut microbiome too. So um, so it's really about supporting sort of a whole foods diet and avoiding excess consumption. Where we get excess consumption is in non-traditionally processed, especially like refined grains. Um, there is higher, higher phytate content in whole grains than refined grains, except that it's also wrapped in the fiber. So it's differently processed by the gut microbiome. So again, this is a compound that we want to avoid in excess, um, but eating a plant forward, um, whole foods based diet, which is what we talk about on the show all the time, Nutrivore, um, that's going to keep phytates typically in a, a moderate consumption range, which is not problematic for most people. And am I correct in thinking that though if someone had a leaky gut, there's a small chance that something in their blood could affect their digestion. But when we're talking about topical absorption of phytic acid, that that would be an extreme jump based on the quantities and getting through the epidermis and all that kind of stuff. Like, Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about how much is being absorbed through the skin, it's a fraction of what's being put on the skin. And then it's diluted in your bloodstream to the you know volume of whatever, seven liters of blood or whatever it is that we have in our bodies. And then, um, and then the very, very like leaky gut is not big holes, right? If you are bleeding <laughs> into your gut, that's a problem. That's Go a problem. Like yes, like, exactly. Like phytic acid is the emergency. least of your problems. <laughs> Call 911. That is not good, right? So, uh, you know, when we talk about leaky gut, right? Leaky gut is a colloquial term for increased intestinal permeability. That doesn't mean holes. It means that larger molecules than normal are able to get across. And there's a lot of different mechanisms that permit those molecules to get across the gut um, and into the bloodstream. The The pathway can go the other way, but now you're asking, you're asking molecules to leave the bloodstream. And we have the, we have um, the, our blood blood vessels are lined with endothelial cells, which form tight junctions with each other. So you need leaky vessels and leaky gut. It's, it's the amount that's getting into your gut to interfere with digestion is like maybe a molecule. It is, it is so, it is so low. So, so no, it's, it, it doesn't logically follow that the amount that we'd be putting on our skin when it's something like phytate would be problematic for digestion. Like obviously when we're putting carcinogens on our skin like benzene that are also more readily absorbed, right? That's a different issue, but it's still not an issue in the gut. It's an issue then with all of the cells that are being exposed to it yes. because blood, blood, 
feeds all of our cells. That's why blood's cool. Excellent. I like hearing that. I like validation. So I like that answer. I love that question. (laughs) And I would say that that would apply to almost everything that you're thinking about that's like, but I don't eat that. Why am I putting it on my skin? Um, One of the things that I often say to people who want a 100% natural skincare product and say, well, I wouldn't eat that. So I don't want to put it on my skin is I'm like, well, but you like, you can naturally find snake venom and poison ivy. Like that's natural. Mm -hmm. Would you still want to put that on your skin? Would you want that in your body? Like it's a logical fallacy to say that natural is safer. Um, And it's also not accurate to say that anything that is synthetic is dangerous, right? Like we can, we can find each things in nature that are dangerous and we can find things that are not in nature that are safe. And, um, it's it's a dogmatic, easy thing to do for someone to say, it needs to be natural. And if you could see me, I'm like doing the thing with your arm where you like curl it up and you're like, yeah, you know, like needs to be natural. But then when you actually think that through, it doesn't fully make a lot of sense. And um, the way that our systems interact, we talk a lot about the way that our systems interact. And I think maybe one of the things that we might need to do going forward on a future show is talk about how they they don't interact right <laughs> like sometimes yeah. like you know hearing about the separation of blood versus gut and that kind of stuff is something that is a is a basic thing that you and I Sarah maybe take for granted versus like how everything interacts and i know um, learning about the lymph system was something that was really eye opening to me when i was doing research about um, toxic absorption that I remember going to you and being like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm geeking out. I'm learning all these things. And you're like, yeah, it does, Stacey. <laughs> but like, I had been working well, with like, you on this. Super cool. Yeah. But like, I mean, we'd been working together for years and we've never really like that wasn't so we talk about the gut so much. We talk about other things. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like your lymph system is amazing. Um, so there's there's a lot of, of things that your body is doing to protect you. The problem is just that if you put known toxins into your system, especially if they are um, put in like on your lips or breathed in from a spray or a powder, then you're bypassing all of the, the ways that your body is there to protect you, like your epidermis, right? Your, your skin is made to protect you, to keep those things out. And so... Um, it's just modern times and those kinds of chemicals has, have found ways around that that create problems. This episode is sponsored by LinkedIn, the social media safe space for professionals that want to network. If you're avoiding the black hole time suck doom of social media, LinkedIn is an exception to that since it's already for business. LinkedIn is huge for small business owners and people looking to grow their business connections. I used it not just in the corporate world, but still do now to network too. LinkedIn is a great way to learn more about people, learn from them, hire them, find job opportunities without having to discuss TPS reports and red staplers. Was that an office space joke? Uh, I just got a pop culture reference. Well, I mean, it was a film from 1999. (laughs) Um, At least LinkedIn has kept itself more relevant than us. I will say I hired several new team members and searching for the right candidates can feel like you're taking time away from actually working and growing your business. LinkedIn jobs make it easier to find the people you want to talk to 
faster and for free. Yep, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. I can see how that would be so great to be able to get recommendations of people you share connections with. Totally. And with simple tools to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash the whole view. That's linkedin.com slash the whole view to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Just Thrive. I take this probiotic every day, and because I've seen such incredible results personally, I recommend it to all my skincare clients too. Yes, Just Thrive Probiotic is completely unique, both because of the science-backed and clinically proven strains in their formula, but also because of the validation trials Just Thrive is leading. Sarah, I don't even think I told you this, but when I saw a functional MD last year, we were going over supplements, and she asked about a probiotic. I said I was already taking one. And I liked it. And she kind of rolled her eyes asking which brand, expecting me to say one she didn't love. And when I responded with Just Thrive, she lit up and said, that's the only brand I recommend. Well, she knows what's up then. Because Just Thrive uses a keystone species strain of bacillus. They're essential for creating a gut environment where other probiotics you've probably heard of, like lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, can grow. Just Thrive's four strains have been shown to improve digestion, restore microbial diversity during infection, stabilize the gut microbiome, inhibit the growth of pathogenic species, and even produce highly bioavailable antioxidant carotenoids like lutein. I can say that because it's backed by clinical trials. And in one trial, just supplementing with Just Thrive probiotic reduced leaky gut and inflammation. I love that they're dairy-free and don't need to be refrigerated because the natural source for these probiotic strains is dirt. We humans used to eat a whole lot more of that, which is why our bodies thrive with it. Stacy, did you just make an intentional pun? Because that just makes my day. Yes, with Just Thrive Probiotic, we get all of the benefits and eating dirt is not necessary because Just Thrive Probiotic gives us all the good without the bad. It's free of wheat, gluten, dairy, nuts, soy, salt, sugar, artificial colors, flavors, binders, fillers, allergens, and GMOs. You can get all your Just Thrive products 15% off at justthrivehealth.com slash discount slash the whole view and use code the whole view at checkout. Save 15% site-wide at justthrivehealth.com slash discount slash the whole view or use promo code the whole view. That includes bundles and subscriptions, so definitely double up on your savings. Okay. Are we We're ready to move, move on? on? Yes. Yeah. We got it. I've got it. I'm, I'm trying to do my job of helping with the rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, it's such failing, a joke. Failing miserably. <laughs> All right. The next question is, what's the best thing for aging and menopause? Can I say our menopause show? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. I, I don't think a lot of people know that we did this because it was, uh, I think, like two years ago, but we did a very detailed menopause show that we'll put a link in the show notes for. Um, and we also did um, a podcast 
FAQs on skincare where we gave a lot of detail about lifestyle factors and nutrients that you can focus on for your skin, which go hand in hand and support that. So um, that was our first skincare FAQ show. And we'll also put a link in the show notes to that. But ultimately, the short, which I'm sure won't actually be short answer is... (laughs) As we age, our sex hormones are reduced. It's just a natural thing that happens. And estrogen is called the beauty hormone because it's known to have protective and favorable influence on things like skin health. And so estrogen peaks in our mid to late 20s. I mean, 29 was my year. Sarah, what was your year? Like, what? when were you, like, the, the stuff on fire? Uh, like, 24. 20- maybe yeah so again yeah. It's, it varies person to person but um and that actually makes sense because of hereditary timing of menopause between you and I that like mine would be <laughs> mine would be later and yours would be earlier in mine's of- not hereditary mine's we're not talking about okay this. we'll move on but to say that for most and you know what I want to use I want to use proper words here because I am not using this properly but um like biological female, um, I don't want to define it as woman, um, would have a peak of estrogen between mid to late 20s. And then it declines by 50% by age 50 and dramatically decreases even further after menopause. So we see in studies, there was a completely not peer-reviewed study. I'm just going to put that out there because Sarah's going to like get her um, stick out and smack my hand. Um, Looked at 59 women aged 18 to 25 and over six weeks they measured their urine like weekly and found that the ones deemed most attractive by standards of people looking at their photos um, and societal standards had higher estrogen in their urine in their urine, not their urine. What is that? I don't know. Um, but a very real study on PubMed. Yeah. First, can, first, can I just, can I just react? Yes. Just go. <laughs> yes, I know. That's, that's, that's all I, that's all I need to say. But this is just to kind of like give an example of why estrogen is called the beauty hormone and why as we get older, we start to see changes to what we may perceive as our own beauty. And I'm going to encourage us to think about that differently and our inner beauty and how we present in the world and how we help others. Like all of those things are very important. But when it comes to like the science of what this looks like, um, there was a PubMed um, study done and we'll put a link in the show notes where the loss of estrogen from aging was mapped to, um, diminished dermal health, right? So where we see, for example, changes in our skin and with estrogen hormone therapy, they saw that um, perceived age, attractiveness and skin health um, all increased, right? So we we can see with a study that like increasing estrogen um, improves skin health. And that is why so many anti-aging skincare brands use ingredients that intentionally disrupt the hormones to topically increase estrogen production. And that can be really dangerous and cause a myriad of health issues if not done under medical supervision, right? Hormone therapy is something that you see a doctor about and not something that you want your skincare to inadvertently be doing for you. So what can we use safely instead? Well, first, we know that aging is natural. 
from the tinsel in your hair to the laugh marks around your eyes. And for me, in my case, my 11 uh, lines from my constant furrowed brows, uh, sarcastic and sardonically questioning people. Wait, wait. Did you just say 11 like you've counted? No, 11 lines are the lines that are vertical above your eyebrows that you get from giving people the Stacy look, like questioning them. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. I, I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of the look. I've never heard of these referred to as 11 lines before. Um, I I thought by 11 lines, you'd be like, I've counted 11 lines, um, <laughs> nope, nope. which uh, sounded quite amusing to me. I had an entire argument with my daughter about the difference in terminology between a line and a wrinkle. And she, (laughs) lovely girl, lovely sweetheart, (laughs) took huge offense to uh, laugh marks and furrow lines being referred to as wrinkles. She thought that was just, that was not the same thing. And I... I just want to mention this because it was probably the sweetest thing I've ever heard her say. Yeah, I mean, you're doing a lot of things right over there is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Um, And, well, I think her point is well taken, which is that though you might not look the same as you did in your youth, like, that's okay. Those those things show me the life that I've lived. And um, as my grandfather would say, who lived a happy, active life well into his 90s, it beats the alternative. So um, am I going to do everything I can and enjoy self-care to um, help myself feel my best and be comfortable in the skin that I'm in? Absolutely. Am I willing to do that with things that might harm my health? No. So non-toxic, safer skincare and self-care is how I do that. And um, naturally enhancing how I feel about myself, either by making my skin glow with phytic acid or, um, you know, different kinds of things that you might be doing. Um, the other thing that um, I would say is that we we have covered on the show a couple of times the three areas that um, I suggest focusing on. I do have an article on my site called uh, The Best and Worst of Anti-Aging. And I'll just mention the best here, which are um, supporting collagen synthesis, which is aided by vitamin C. So we know that um, collagen is an essential part of skin health. So if we support it with vitamin C, we're going to increase our own collagen production. Both the Albright C serum and the peel that we've talked about very often um, have high amounts of that. I also really love hyaluronic acid, which I think we mentioned a week or two ago. It holds an exponential amount of weight of water in a like microgram of hyaluronic acid. And it's also something that you already have in your body. So you're kind of like enhancing and replacing that um, to combat the natural dehydration of the skin, which is caused from reduced estrogen. So items with hyaluronic acid are going to be really great and almost all... Um, products these days have it because it's such a great skincare product. Um, My third favorite anti-aging ingredient is actually something called the retinatural complex, which is um, a natural alternative to retinol. So retinol is a red and EWG rated like nine out of 10. Um, It's very high. Yeah. And most people don't realize that because it's in 
so many anti-aging skincare products, um, but it, it has pretty high risks, especially um, if you're using it and then like going out in the daytime and stuff like that. So it's also in a lot of acne care products, yeah. like not just aging, but anything where you want to increase cell turnover. So skincare products period, right? Like yeah. it's, it's all over the skincare market. Yeah. I had no, I knew it was not, not cool. I had no idea it was nine out of 10, not cool. Yes. Yes, it is. And so it is worth, this is why, you know, checking the products that you're using in an app like EWG and then looking through and seeing like, okay, well, what's in them and how does that affect health? And some of it might be rated yellow because it's like orange or grapefruit and it has a higher, like lemon, any citrus basically is, um, I think a three because it has the potential for skin reaction in people. Like it's a higher likelihood of it being a skin irritant. Um, But if you're not irritated by that, then it doesn't really matter. Right. But when you look up something, you can see all that information in EWG, which is great. But um, the point is this retinatural complex did have clinical studies done, which show that it is just as effective as retinol in clinical tests. So you definitely can find alternatives that work just as well um, and don't harm your health. And I think that that's a really great thing to do. And we'll put links in the show notes. But um, I know that wasn't a short answer, but it was a fun way to pull us back to why phytic acid is in your skincare, Mm -hmm. because all of the anti-aging products um, have it in there for the luminosity effects and stuff that we talked about. Um, Organic acids are just fascinating, really. This podcast is brought to you by Native. I think a lot of people know them for their aluminum-free deodorant, but Sarah, have you ever heard that they also make body wash? And it has a rich lather, leaving skin feeling moisturized, conditioned, long after you shower. But guess what? It's also EWG green. I am so excited to hear they passed the Daisy sniff test. Get it? It's a fragrance joke. Oh, I'm going to ignore that and move on. (laughs) To quote myself from the blog, Native is one of the only deodorant brands available in-store without the use of fragrance. Their cucumber mint, lavender rose, grapefruit and bergamot, jasmine and cedar, and the unscented baking soda-free formula are all fragrance-free and EWG 1 or 2, which is green. But even better, they have 0% plastic, 100% paperboard packaging as well. So the body wash cleansers are derived from coconut oil surfactants instead of harsh stuff. Um, And the lavender rose cucumber mint are also EWG rated green. So they're not only free of parabens, sulfates, and phthalates, they're also cruelty-free. Like, could I list any more things that's amazing about them? Plastic-free paperboard, zero-waste packaging, EWG green, and so accessible. This is huge. Look, you recapped me so much more succinctly, but (laughs) absolutely. I love that Native is helping to get safer products into the hands of so many people. So actually, we've been using Native deodorant in our household for a couple of years now, and I can personally attest to the fact that it works and smells so good. Listeners, it's a great time of year to start fresh and clean by swapping everyday items you're using anyway, like body wash and deodorant. This year, up your personal hygiene routine with Native. Go to nativedeo.com slash wholeview 
or use promo code WHOLEVIEW at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash WHOLEVIEW or use promo code WHOLEVIEW at checkout for 20% off your first order. Today's podcast is brought to you by Yoro Natural Products, maker of products and protective clothing to help your body's largest organ, your skin. My family and I have been using and loving Yoro Natural products for years. Their soap bar is incredibly gentle and their Manuka Honey Skin Soothing Cream has been our go-to for dry skin in general, but also dry skin related problems like keratosis pilaris, which both my girls periodically have issues with. I actually keep a jar on my desk, in my kitchen and in the bathrooms, so it's always there when we need it. And I find it to be incredibly soothing, nourishing and very deeply moisturizing. Manuka honey is super good for skin irritation beyond just skin care for dry, sensitive skin conditions. It's also great for like chap skin, diaper rash, and first aid treatment like razor burn, cuts, and scrapes. And Yoro has absolutely zero added preservatives or fragrances, is dermatologist tested and approved, no sticky residue, is gentle enough for babies with no burning or stinging like most creams, and kids love the soft, sweet honey smell. And while the Organic Manuka Honey Skin Soothing Cream is their most popular item, I'm actually super interested in their Remedy Wear. It was specifically designed to provide soft, comfortable, breathable garments for people of all ages with eczema, psoriasis, and other sensitive skin conditions. Tencel, the material that they use, even has zinc embedded in it, which means it's antibacterial and UV protective. So here's what got me. It has been clinically proven to reduce the severity of atopic dermatitis, reduce itching, and improve quality of sleep when worn three nights consecutively. And it's even eco-friendly. Plus, the hypoallergenic materials are Ecotex certified, free from chemicals, formaldehyde, nylon, nickel, and latex. It's super soft and retains moisture well. With a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee, I will definitely be recommending Yoro's Remedy Wear masks. Masks for people who have skin irritation? Come on, that's perfect. Um, but also their gloves and other protective clothing to my clients with dry, sensitive skin. Check out Yoro Naturals' full line of natural skincare and remedy wear clothing at yoronaturals.com. Save 15% at Y-O-R-O Natural Products with coupon code THEWHOLEVIEW15. Offer is good through January 31st, 2022, so get on it. Okay, but we're going to move on. We're going to move on to the next question. The next question is, I'm sensitive to SPF. What can I do to protect my skin? So the first thing that I ask people who ask me this question is, have you tried a truly mineral-only brand of SPF? Because most store-brought mineral products, and I'm using quotation marks when I say that because they'll say, you know, made with zinc, also include a chemical filter. So that means if an SPF that you're using is clear or even light white when you put it on, it is likely using a chemical filter to achieve that. And those chemicals that are for SPFs are um, very frequent irritants for people. And we've done two podcasts on Safer Sunscreens, and we'll put a link in the show notes to both of those. If this is a concern for you, I would definitely listen to those shows because we go into great detail 
all about them and why sun is really great for you, but also how to protect yourself from damaging sun rays. Um, And one of the ways that we talk about that is using a mineral-based SPF. So looking under all of the ingredients, not just the active ingredients that they might want your eye to find. Uh, They're pretty tricky on those labels. Honestly, sometimes even I get confused and have to stare at it for a little bit. Um, But even if it says physical sunscreen or mineral-based, they still often are adding those chemical filters. Um, So think of it as something like contains minerals instead of is only minerals, and that's what you really want. Kind of akin to when you go to the grocery store and you're looking at the mayonnaises and it says olive oil mayonnaise and then you turn the label over uh, because the price is too good to be true. And the first ingredient is canola. Yep. Like, it's tricky. That's some tricky, tricky stuff right there. Um, So because most people... Um, who are having an allergic reaction are actually having it to the chemical filters, that's where I would start. If it is the mineral sunscreen itself, I would try to narrow down which of the minerals you're having an issue with because both titanium dioxide and zinc oxide are both used. Those are two different ingredients and maybe you can find an SPF that has just one and not the other that you react to. Um, and so Beyond that, I will say, because it's it's pretty rare that someone has that, it's not impossible. It's definitely, you know, it could be you. But I would say for the for most of the people that I talk to, that ends up not being the case. And so beyond that, I would refer you to those sunscreen shows that we did because we went super into detail. And um, they're some of my favorite shows. And one of the first collabs that Sarah and I really did on both like this the science and the skin like so that was a fun experience for us as we started to do that back in the day um and I would also say to everybody else um who is looking at sunscreen I did a more recent blog post updating and addressing the recent benzene contamination in sunscreen. So last year, if you didn't hear, there was something like 78 sunscreens that a third party had tested that were like the main brands that when you think of like, what is a sunscreen brand? Like those are the ones that they sent off for testing and were contaminated with benzene. And especially, I know it's like, I had people who were family and friends who did not work with me on switching to safer who reached out when they saw all the information about because they were like that's the brand I use and I'm like I've been telling you for years to stop (laughs) using it (laughs) but they finally bought sunscreen for me um but the sprays especially like in in hailing that is just I'm just and putting it on our kids and the fact that there is no regulation or restriction at all, the companies are responsible for testing these products for safety before they put them on the market is just mind boggling to me. So um, the only product that I'm aware of that is testing every batch for contaminants, um, including heavy metals, is also non-nano for the zinc oxide that they use for safety and is completely filter free yet goes on without a white cast is Beauty Counter. Um, I'm not aware of any other brands who hit all those marks. Um, If someone knows of one, let me know. I would love to be aware of it and look into it. But I personally wear Skin every single day that has um, an SPF and it blocks both blue light and 
um, UV light damage. So when I'm looking at screens, I'm not giving myself aging as we talked about in the um, sunscreen blue light show. Um, and my kids actually use the Countersun Sheer, De Sheer Defense Daily Moisturizer because the zinc helps with acne and inflammation. So people often ask me like skin skincare for their kids and I recommend the Sheer Defense. And they're like, well, they're not out in the sun all day. And I'm like, no, 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 they actually need it for the zinc, which is anti-inflammatory and helps acne. So um, those, uh, like I said, those are the only SPFs that I'm aware of that, you know, check all the safety boxes that I'm personally looking for. Our penultimate question is, why is Deep fragrance... sigh. Deep sigh. Deep sigh. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. This is a, this is a typical for us, for rapid fire listeners. Uh, this is as rapid as we get. Um, so this question is, why is fragrance such a big deal? Oh, because companies are jerks. I know it's, it's the question is basically like, if it's so bad, why is it allowed? And that is exactly the point. Um, we talk a lot about the details of kind of pending legislature and, you know, making a difference and blah, blah, blah. But Ultimately, nothing has been done and companies continue to sell potentially toxic products with no oversight and the fragrance loophole is how that is happening. Um, so in 422 episode, we talked about sneaky toxins and beauty products and we went really into detail on that. So if you're looking for more information, definitely listen to that show. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that there is countless evidence of products and ingredients that are quote unquote sneaking in things through what is called the fragrance loophole because a product can put anything they want under the umbrella of um, fragrance because it is a proprietary protection and they don't have to disclose what is under that. So that is why we see things like benzene and sunscreen, PFAS in eye makeup, um, and, and countless other um, contaminations because they're coming in under the fragrance loophole. So um, there was a PubMed article that I found, and we'll put the link in the show notes, that addressed exposures and effects from fragrance. And um, it says, and I quote, fragrance products have been associated with a range of adverse health effects such as migraine headaches, asthma attacks, respiratory difficulties, neurological problems, mucosal symptoms, and contact dermatitis. And that's just what we're seeing from first use, right? Like there's also all kinds of um, uh, lawsuits out there for uh, specifically air fresheners that have caused a lot of problems. So even on the poison control website, it says that air fresheners can be dangerous and release volatile organic compounds. And they have a whole page about what to do if you or a loved one gets too much exposure or consumes anything related to air fresheners because they can be poisonous. Um, and so you ask yourself like, well, if it's that poisonous, why am I inhaling it on purpose on a regular basis? Um, and that is another reason why there was another peer review study way back in 2013, we knew this was a problem that found chemical emissions from residents dryer vents from using fragrance laundry products was causing air pollution. So we know 
that it's in the air. We know that we're breathing it. We know that it's toxins, yet there's absolutely no regulation being done to address the harm that it's causing right now. So that's really the biggest problem um, is that we don't know what we don't know. And something like um, the Febreze study, um, which I've talked about before back in 2009, had, I think it was like three ingredients listed on the label. And when they sent it off for testing, they found 89 airborne contaminants that weren't disclosed on the label. And that's because one of the ingredients that was listed was fragrance. So so many things. Yeah, so many things. It's like it's like such a can of worms for me, and that's why I say if a fragrance if fragrance is on the label, it's always a no for me because I have no idea what else I'm getting with it. It could just be an essential oil, like some companies claim, and I'm like, then why aren't you putting what that is instead of saying fragrance? And the like for me, it's just, it's a no, because I don't know. And I've seen so many of these articles and so many of these studies that find later how harmful these things are. And it's just not worth the risk for me. So um, it's all because the personal care law hasn't been updated since 1938. And when they wrote that law into place, the bajillion chemicals that we have introduced since then didn't exist. So they're not included in the law as being addressed in any sort of way, and they haven't been tested for safety, and there's no regulation body that can control it because it's all under proprietary umbrella for companies. And even if they find, for example, that the sunscreen has benzene, we can only suggest that they take it off the market. We can't force a recall. So you could even still be buying some of that sunscreen that is known to have benzene in it right now because it could still be on the market. Um uh, I know it's like a huge side tangent to go into all of that, but it is a very common question and it's even more common ingredient in products. And it's so disheartening to like find a product and be really excited about it. And then the last ingredient is fragrance. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Just like, um, and I know it's frustrating and it makes it hard, but that's why you know, I've created resources like the Target Clean Guide and try to find as many sources as I can of things that are alternatives because, I mean, I want my house to smell good too. I have four teenagers. It's, it's, a, st- <laughs> it's a stinky place up in here, but yeah. I'm not willing to risk all of our health to have it smell a little better. Uh, I have, instead of looking for things that mask smells I have found air purifiers that work incredibly well and that has been our approach right so you know not wanting to expose myself to 89 sneaky chemicals (laughs) in the like that is insane how many hidden gross things there are under one like mystery umbrella ingredient. So, um, so just for, for other people with teenagers out there, uh, air purifiers are a great thing that, I mean, that, that has really been what, what's worked for us. And granted I have girls and I realize it's a, it's a different, it's a different, no, it's, a, it's a great suggestion. I'm just wondering like if you can wand that over a human body, like, <laughs> You're yeah. sitting next to someone on the sofa? No, I'm just kidding. Um, that it doesn't it doesn't quite work that way. No, it doesn't work that um, way. Um, but okay. showers showers are are amazing as well. <laughs> so shocking. All right, <laughs> ready? <laughs> okay. So uh, 
not not actually wasn't that was not the penultimate question i realized as i found a few other questions uh so follow up on that previous one uh need help finding non-toxic things that smell good please uh, i'm there with you so Henry Rose is a perfume that is EWG certified, which means that it has gone through extensive testing and um, transparency certification process to show that there are no hidden ingredients and nothing that is harmful to human health. And Henry Rose is what I personally use for perfume and what um, I got kiddo for Christmas because kiddo loves perfume and when they were first here they were like spraying 13 squirts of bath and body work things and I was like oh my god I cannot breathe so they actually like the Henry Rose perfume so it is both adult and teen approved um, and you can get like a trial box of all of the scents which is what I did and then we each kind of chose which one we liked and then ordered like a full size bottle because they are not inexpensive. It is comparable to like a department store perfume, not Bath and Body Works, <laughs> um, but you get what you pay for. So another brand that I really love, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of this brand, Sarah. I think it's actually a Canadian brand. It's called Rocky Mountain. And that is where I've been getting hand sanitizers and bath bombs because they fully disclose all of the ingredients that they use and they smell really good. I have not heard about them, but uh, I love I love Canadian brands, <laughs> and I love the Rocky Mountains. So there you uh, go. Clearly, new a new product for me to check out. Yeah, I I I I don't know why, but Wesley is obsessed with bath bombs. We have a large bathtub in our master bathroom, and at least once a month, he asks to take. Like he reminds me of like Kevin McAllister, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in his bathrobe, taking a large soak in with a bath bomb in our bathtub. And so I wanted to find a safer bath bomb for him that I didn't have to make. And that's how I found that company. Um, I will say some of the other things, if you're looking to find things that smell good, that are non-toxic, um, you can find cleaning products that are unscented. But if, you know, again, if you're trying to make things that smell good, you can either add essential oils or get orange-based natural scented products. Orange is often included because it is a natural, I don't even know, is it antibacterial or whatever it's doing, it helps with the cleaning process. And so it is um, included orange-based products, so to speak. I think orange oil is often included in a lot of um, like anti- dust products yeah, yeah right so like wood um conditioning and things that start it must have something sort of some some hydrostatic type property that stops dust from from collecting um that makes it so effective because you see it so often in those types of products mm -hmm. as an active ingredient um but i'm just i'm just hypothesizing here i don't yeah. actually know yeah yeah i and i know that it's included in like all of the body products that we use that are um like body wash and shampoo and conditioner it's like added in as well and so i think it, it must have some kind of property and i apologize i didn't come prepared for that but i did answer all the other questions and i do want to say that native is a part of this podcast as a sponsor because they make products that smell good and are safe. So if you're looking for example, a body wash, like they have multiple scents that you can find that are, that are good there. 
So uh, now this really, really is the penultimate question. <laughs> um, what hair care products do you use? I use Vegamore shampoo and conditioner. The boys all use Beauty Counter. Um, I I think I talked about with long haulers, I was having a lot of hair loss. And so it was a brand that I found that doesn't use any synthetic fragrance to reduce shedding. So I use the shampoo and conditioner. I also use the clarifying serum and their dry shampoo, which has CBD oil in it. And then the only other hair product that I use is Rahua detangling conditioner. Rahua also has like a um, intensive conditioning mask that I like and Matt uses the Rahua um, styling gel so those are two brands that I've looked into that I like. So I've been using Morocco Methods International for I want to say like eight years. I'm terrible our Patreon, a long time. A long our time. Patreon fam know <laughs> I am terrible at keeping track of years. When I say I've been using something for X years I usually am just making up a number that feels right. Uh, because unless I have something to anchor that thing in time, I don't keep track of years very well. But yeah, I think it's been since like my second year of blogging and I've been blogging for 10 and a half years. So it's been a very, very long time. Every time I try another product, I am underwhelmed. My hair and my scalp love Morocco methods. And nowadays I sort of alternate between using their shampoo and conditioner bars. I especially like that if I let it go like if I go like three weeks between washing my hair, the shampoo bar is that like it suds up. It's sort of like a deeper clean. Um, so if I'm really pushing my luck on how long I go, I typically go about two weeks between shampoos right now because I've just been on this on this boat for a very, very long time. And that's how long it takes for my hair to get dirty now, which is uh, amazing. Took a long time for my scalp to adjust to that level, so patience is is key if that's where you want to go, listeners. Um, but yeah, so I sort of alternate between their shampoo and conditioner bar, and then I still love their um, creamy sort of pasty. I don't know, I don't know what to call that texture. Um, shampoos. Um, I like the ones that are super deeply moisturizing, or rather, my hair and scalp do. So Pine Shale, Sea Essence, and their Pearl Cleanser, and then. Um, uh, my trick to beach waves, if you ever see my hair in beach waves, is their Blood of the Dragon styling gel, which is mostly aloe vera gel with a few other natural, you know, um, sort of essences and and uh, essential oils in it. My hair loves that. And it actually, fun fact, works really, really well as an after sun because it's mostly aloe. So it's a great thing to have around the house. So um, yeah, I, I, my, my hair and scalp just continue to love Morocco Methods International and I, I've never found anything that's worked as well for me for like on, an ongoing basis like this. It probably has more aloe in it than most of the aloe products in the shelf. <laughs> like those are full of things that aren't aloe if you ever look at those labels. So definitely check and make sure if you're using an aloe. Um, I love also the name of all their products, like blood of the dragon come on they're all they all have these very um like moon phase names which um stacy i feel i feel I'm like, into it I feel i'm like so that's into it so your thing. <laughs> yeah so um anthony morocco who it's like his company um some of his original stuff was like cutting hair by the moon which you can you can hear my um my 
how I feel about the the whimsical nature of that and not and yet, the and yet nature you of like it. his products. But the products are fantastic. Uh, and I don't I don't do anything with my hair or anything period by the phase of the moon. The, but the products are I mean they're basically like clays, uh, seaweeds, aloe, um, you know, just like some, you know, natural fats, some essential oils and plant extracts. They're the most like natural, natural hair care products you'll ever use. Like the, there's no suds other than the shampoo bar. There are no suds to be had anywhere. Um, but for somebody who, you know, started with scalp psoriasis was my first diagnosed, uh, autoimmune condition in my teen years, somebody who has sort of chronically had seborrheic der- dermatitis and psori- scalp psoriasis, like nothing has been as good for my scalp as, as these products. So that's my um, my my ringing endorsement. I enjoy a really good suds, and that is a problem with clean products because, as I mentioned earlier, most of those bubbles are coming from SLS and sulfates, which I don't want. Um, but I really enjoy a good like scalp massage with a lather. Um, so, it it's to each their own, but I wash my hair usually every three to four days for for those listeners that are like two weeks, three weeks. Um, But I will tell you, even that was an adjustment. So if you're still shampooing every day, um, it is better for your skin because Amy heard us talk about it with your face, right? If you're washing away the natural oils, it can damage your hair. And so, I mean, the you know, not just your hair, but the skin on your scalp, which is why a product like what Sarah is using would be really helpful to her scalp, which is prone to be more dry and causing that dermatitis. And it's not like you're going to put oil on your scalp because then your hair looks oily but that's essentially what you need is more lipids on your scalp and so allowing the natural lipids of your hair and your body's natural production of that to not be washed away as often can be really helpful the other thing that I would suggest not that anybody's asked this question but it is pretty common that people have asked is that if you do have those conditions and you're working towards improving, like for example, dandruff or um, some some other sort of scalp dry condition, use a oil. Jojoba oil would be really great. You can just get just plain jojoba oil or a different oil that you already own and massage that into the scalp and leave that on before you wash it, right? So like if Mm -hmm. you know you're going to be home all day, like put it on in the morning, put your hair up or in a towel or whatever, and just like let that really sit into the scalp and then wash it later, you know, to really kind of give your, your scalp a, um, a fighting chance with some extra lipids that aren't your natural ones if your scalp is dry and not kind of making those lipids currently. So, All right. Our last question for this uh, not incredibly rapid, rapid fire. Listen, we got through <laughs> nine pages and nine questions and about an hour. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> um, ac- yeah, actually, I think this is this, this qualifies as hashtag winning. I'm pretty sure for us. Uh, okay. Our last question is blank skincare items safe for pregnancy. I will start off by saying, ask a doctor, a dermatologist, an OBGYN, someone with a medical credential, because we are not medical professionals and cannot give medical advice. Um, I will say the problem that most people have is that no company is testing on pregnant people. That's just, it's not something that 
you know, anybody is ever going to do. So the best thing to do is to see how companies of the products you're asking about are researching and testing the finished product against human health in general. So if you're genuinely concerned, check if the brand tests for safety. For me, I look for heavy metals, hormone disruption, and contaminants. Contaminants is what we would refer to as like benzene and PFAS, right? Like they're not intentionally being put into the products, but they're coming in as a contaminant from something else. Um, if the brand is not testing and or if they're deferring to a supplier but not like validating, checking, any of that kind of stuff, that's a red flag for me. Um, and especially if I were pregnant and looking into a product. So, you know, the examples that I gave are these sunscreens that would have been quote unquote safe for, you know, use, except when they were tested, they had a carcinogen in them. So, um, for me personally, I would definitely be checking for the safety. And if something doesn't have hormone disruption and um, has reasonable levels of heavy metals, because there's natural levels of heavy metals in almost everything, right? Like, but there's a threshold of um, what would be a concerning level that's beyond what your body is and used to or is, you know, other than the environment you're in and all that kind of stuff. It's not like you're ever going to see zero heavy metals in something. Um and doesn't have contaminants, then I personally would use it. A source that I used when I was pregnant was kellymom.com. It was my go-to when I was looking for safety information on anything when I was pregnant and breastfeeding. They have really good info there. And the last source that I would check is EWG. If it's not green, look into what it is that is the problem. Like I said, if it was, you know, grapefruit oil, I wouldn't be so concerned with that. But if it was like, a toxicity screening problem, um, I wouldn't want that if I were pregnant. So those are the things that I would suggest. But again, you can always ask your medical professionals. Uh, I'm done. I made it. I got it. Wow. I'm amazed. We we covered so much. And I, I feel like I learned a lot. So thank you again for sharing your wisdom on all things skincare. Um, I, uh, I think this was a really awesome show. I really enjoyed it. Our listeners ask the best questions. And if you want to be part of our community, if you are awesome, um, or if you want to hear what we really think either way and, or come hop over to patreon.com slash the whole view, and we'll be having a follow on show. And it will also just allow you to support this podcast, which is wonderful. And we thank you for that. It allows Sarah and I to continue to create the content ourselves to produce the show. And um, I want to thank all of our Patreons who joined the newly launched here, the whole shebang this week. This is this is fun. We're gonna start doing this. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm very excited. I'm also so excited that we have patrons who are like, yeah, more stuff. Like, sign me up. Uh, it's just it feels like such a wonderful community over there on Patreon, and I I love that our patrons are so like are so excited to connect with us over there. I want to hear you say these names because it's my favorite when you try to pronounce a name and are unsure. Well, I'm just going to pronounce uh, <laughs> just going to pronounce the first names. How about that? I can do that. <laughs> no, uh, man. <laughs> welcome to the whole shebang tier. Allison, August, Leslie, Olivia, Sherry, Tessa, and Trevor. 
think you cheated, but I'll let it slide. I did did totally cheat. Okay. (laughs) Um, So in addition to our uncensored weekly follow-on show that you've heard us talk about a lot, we um, share how we really feel and and all that kind of stuff. We will also be doing a live Q&A where you can ask us anything, an exclusive full-length ad-free video episode on a topic we will not be covering here on the show. And um, you will be able to vote on upcoming show topics in this new whole shebang tier on Patreon. So if you're interested in any of that, especially voting on upcoming show topics, (laughs) if you have a show topic you'd like to see, that's the place to um, head over and get it heard. Or if you just want to pledge $1 for a virtual high five for us, we've got all kinds of options over them. And we're so grateful for your support in any way. Um, Again, that is patreon.com slash the whole view. And as a reminder, if you're feeling compelled to make a change, I'd love to help you. You can reach out to me and I'll help you figure out based on your personal need and budget. Um, I'm really super good with numbers. I'm a math geek and I love finding really great deals. So you can email me stacy at realeverything.com or you can shop beautycounter.com slash Toth to support not just your own well-being but also the mission to get safer products into the hands of everyone and to hopefully help me get back to DC this year to advocate for us all. So I want to thank you, Stacey, for uh, taking the lead on this show and creating such an amazing resource out of this episode. And I want to thank our patrons uh, over on Patreon for their continued support. And I want to thank all of you for listening. We'll be back next week. We love providing the Whole View podcast for you as a free resource. You can support the show by using the links and codes we share in our podcast. And we love to read your reviews and chats wherever you listen. And don't forget to share our podcast with your friends and family. Speaking of chat, did you know that you can get exclusive behind the scenes content on Patreon? When you support us with your Patreon membership, you get access to live Q&As and weekly bonus audio. But they're not for kids ears because our bonus content is explicit. You can also stay in touch with us via our social media channels. I'm at Real Everything Blog. And I'm at The Paleo Mom. And we've got more great resources on our websites and in our newsletters. Can you hear that? Yes. That's the puppy at the door. Well, let me text Matt. <laughs> Gus is so sad that he's not with me. Like all the kids <laughs> went back to school and he's so lonely. We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday.